Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. On this podcast, rather than reviewing movies, two thumbs up, two thumbs down, loved it or hated it, we look at them in terms of what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies, bad movies, movies that we loved, and movies that we hated. This podcast is offered absolutely free and with no outside advertising. So if you like what you hear, please help us reach our goal of 10,000 listeners by subscribing to us on iTunes and writing us a review. You can find a link to do so at writeyourscreenplay.com slash podcast. So this week I'm here with Sebastian Stan, and a lot of you have probably seen I, Tanya and Sebastian's performance in that piece. And we're going to kind of have a kind of interesting conversation with Sebastian because we're going to look at this from the perspective of an actor and also from the perspective of a writer and think about something that I think is important to a lot of writers, which is understanding how an actor approaches your role, understanding how a script develops, you know, beyond the point where you've sold it, but into the production side and and how a script evolves oh yeah you know and also understanding like what you look for in a script and how you know when that's the role that I want to play so I wanted to just start off by asking you a little bit about when you first read Steven's script what did you connect to about it that made you go I've got to play Jeff oh yeah well you know it was kind of a hard one to be honest because it was so controversial because he was such a hated character I mean he was such a hated person you know in real life and that aspect was really difficult. You know, you start wondering whether that's something you could even do or you could even play. You know, there was a lot of judgment there, I guess you could say. But looking at it just as a script and then as, a, as an actor looking at it, it just felt like a goldmine in the sense that it was always unpredictable. It, it was tragic at certain times and it was shocking and then it would, could be funny. And there seemed to be a very strong degree of honesty to it. You're always looking, I think, for how authentic certain voices sound and later I did find out a lot of the dialogue in the script came from the interviews that he had directly with them you know not take away from his genius writing but like they just had a very authentic air to it and and I think you look for that and then you know as an actor you're challenged by that because you go like I don't know if I could do that and I can't stop thinking about it and I think in that case also them being real life characters had a lot to do with it because the whole thing was so sensationalized that you didn't you couldn't really believe that these people existed or that they were capable of that. And, you know, it kind of led on the whole tangent of wanting to search for for stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting because in a way, like all of our stories come from life. Even the most fictional stories yeah. come from life. And there's an interesting theme in Itanya that, you know, there, there's no one truth. Right. And, you know, even like the breaking of the fourth wall to be basically, like, yeah, this didn't happen like this. Yeah, and it's interesting, the fourth wall, because that wasn't in the script originally. That was the director kind of coming in and suggesting that we break the fourth wall in the scenes. I could have seen Steven Rogers come up with, but, you know, the director finished his sentence, so to speak. So I feel like it's important to find that counterpart in, in your director. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting thing about process for writers, right, in that we see a lot of bad movies come out of Hollywood. And so, you know, a lot of people are under the impression like, ah, oh, I'll just give them the idea and then they'll figure it out. But you can see with a movie like I, Tanya, when the writer's really done his job and really built the movie around that theme, what it allows an actor to do with the role, to make those kind of creative decisions about how you're going to perform it. You know, I always think it starts with 
the writing. I mean, I, I just think that's the most important and the hardest part. I mean, I always thought actors make better actors with good material. It's just why the plays that you go to the theater sometimes like end up being such great characters like those Tennessee Williams plays and those, you know, those writers um, who sort of fleshed out these characters that you don't usually get to see so much of nowadays, you know, in terms of, or like Stephen Rogers, first of all, two, two funny things about him as a writer was one of them is he wrote this part for Alice and Janney. Every movie he's written, he's always written a part for her, but he could never hire her. Like he could never get her. Like she didn't even know because the director or the studio or somebody would want somebody else. And he actually finally in, in writing wanted at the negotiation of this thing wanted, I'm not going to do this movie. I'm not giving you the script unless you have her attached to play that part. And the other thing is, what fascinated me about him was that, you know, he wrote this Christmas movie and he apparently just woke up and was like, well, okay, like what's the furthest away I can do anything from a Christmas movie? And then he saw this 30 for 30 and he's like, oh, I, Tanya. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, great. I wish I could wake up tomorrow and go like, well, I don't want to do that theme anymore. I'm just going to go into this theme and, and produce this, you know? So And it's interesting because he's a guy who's famous for rom-coms. Yeah, I mean, I guess he wanted to, change it up and go somewhere else with it. It was a very interesting script in the sense that, you know, you had this documentary type to die for. It was very similar to that in the sense that, you know, they talked to the camera. So I want to talk to you a little bit about research. Yeah. Um, I've read some of your interviews with this and, and you've talked a lot about like, I'm not Jeff Galuli, and it was a little hard at the beginning to go like, how am I supposed yeah. to see myself in this role? And I think it's interesting for writers because I think I know for myself personally, no matter how much I'm in love with a character, there's a point in the writing where you're like, this is just the worst character ever. You kind of fall out of love with them and you have to find a way to fall back in love with them or to like recognize the piece of you that does live in them or like the dream that you have that you share with them. And I'm curious about how do you allow yourself to fall in love with a Jeff Galuli in order to play him? Uh, I mean, well, first off, let me start with when you approach a material, usually, you know, if it's not a real person, you kind of have free reign, not free reign, but you're sort of, you're building a life, you know, from what you see on the script. And by talking to the writer, you're going like, okay, this is going to maybe it could go here, it could go there. But like here, I didn't really have that opportunity. It was much more, this is the guy. So you're going to have to mold more to something, you know. And um, in a way, maybe that's difficult because you're stuck in a box. And then in another way, it's easier because at least you know where to target. So you're like eliminating a lot of time researching stuff that won't be necessary. But you won't know that unless you do it. And the thing about him was that he... It was very difficult to read um, as a person. And then um, virtually everything that I found on him online was just really sort of negative, despicable kind of thoughts people had or there was nothing on him. What was he like as a child? What was, you know, what was their relationship like when they started? Was it always that chaotic? You know, he denied everything. Okay, why? What does that mean? What's he like now, you know, at 50? So it was um, kind of a big question mark, except for these videos where I would see him make these terrible faces, you know, uncomfortable, like walking through as he's getting arrested. But again, even when you have a real person, there's a tremendous responsibility you feel with that, no matter what kind of person it is. Like, you're always having to go back to the script. Because as an actor, that's like your job. That's your map, and what's in the script is what you got to follow. I mean, 
in terms of finding something about him, it was, you know, in a weird way I had to come around and try to land. And this was in the script also, this idea that they were this Sid and Nancy kind of crazy couple. And then Margot and I together basically built on that and tried to piece it in terms of, okay, well, was it always like this? Was there a good part of it at some point was there a time when they were okay or not how did it get to this was it because she got more famous did he get more scared like you know understanding it like a really unconventional toxic terrifying love story in a way kind of opened me up to sort of something with him that was a little bit more understandable well one of the things that i loved about your performance was that for me you really humanized a person that is hard to humanize. And I think this is interesting as a writer as well because, you know, oftentimes in your first draft, your character feels like a little bit of a cartoon or you're like, I got this one aspect of them, but I'm missing, you know, the the full life that lives underneath yeah. there. So I always think of an actor as like doing a rewrite on my script, but in a good way, in the same way that I would do a rewrite on my script is to like, to go, okay, like what's this really about? What's the one God I'm really worshiping here, you know? And for me and I, Tanya, it's the God of, like, there's no one truth. So, like, at least from my perspective, like, everything in that script serves it. You know, from the fact that, like, I have a very specific idea of who Tanya Harding is, but it's not true. But Tanya has a specific idea of who Tanya Harding is, and that's not true either. And, like, Jeff has an idea of who Jeff is, and that's not true. But it also, it's true to him. Or even, like, Alice and Jenny's character, right? Like, she has a very strong story about how she's a good mom, and this is, you know... We can see that that's not true. And then, you know, the whole movie kind of builds to Tanya basically saying all the truth is bullshit. So for me, that's the next rewrite is going like, how does everything start to serve that one God? So that's interesting. Yeah, because you and I were talking about specific lines that kind of tie the whole thing together. And then, then maybe that's the fucking truth that the thing she says at the end, that's sort of like, even if you have that line, maybe you can build from there. Yes, yes, exactly. And then you have like the process questions. Like Stevens has spoken about the idea that when he went to do those interviews, the first thing that stood out was like, they all have a completely different take on this story. Yeah, like apparently Tanya and Jeff, the only thing they ever agreed on was how awful the mom was. Everything else they, they didn't yeah. agree on. <laughs> yes, and, and like, I, I mean, I never hit her, right? It's just like such a completely different point of view. And so I feel like there's a rewrite that happens then, and then there's a rewrite when your creative team comes on board. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing that always I feel like is so heartbreaking is there was a lot more there on the script that didn't make it. And I think that's what ends up happening is like, I'm always fascinated about the process in the editing room because there might be things that you love that you don't need or that take you away from the momentum of things, you know, and that I think would be really difficult, you know? Yeah. For me, that's the final rewrite, um, you know, is, right. is what happens yeah. in the editing room. Yeah. I would actually say there's probably another rewrite, which is just like in the actual performance, things yeah. get discovered where that weren't as, you know, on paper at first. Or, yeah. That was the thing about, what made this movie so special and like there was a trust there you know you're not feeling protective of your sort of area if you will um and you don't always get that you know sometimes you're trying to get your script made and then it, you know it gets in the hands of a director who's like well more established and is like this is the kind of movie it's going to be yeah and i think it's interesting like just hearing you speak you know is is the humbleness with which you approach the piece and you can see it in the performance you know it's the same for us as writers is like 
everyone's got an ego and all artists have egos and sometimes we want to be the genius or we want to be the person who manipulates the characters or gets this effect from the audience or creates the great creation and there's a real practice to bring yourself back to that place of humbleness where you go there are these characters speaking to me and i have to serve them yeah and also i mean i i remember i learned a while ago not on this on a different movie but like we were having trouble with the scenes and the director finally said look all right why don't we just do it once the way it's written so we have it so we understand so we see it so we try it and we and then we can go from there and see if there's what we need to change or not change or whatever but let's just do it and hear it the way it is because sometimes it's so easy to read something in your head and go to conclusions and then you haven't even tried it so what's the you know yeah and i think that's that's such an interesting thing for process right is like to think whether you're a writer or an actor or director you know in writing we think of like i'm just going to write exactly what i see even if i don't know if it's going to work or i have this idea that came to me in a dream and I'm afraid I can't write it or I'm afraid it doesn't make sense or it doesn't fit my plan. And it's like surrendering to the fact that like there's like a part of you that knows better. I don't know how it is on that level as much as because, you know, as actors, you kind of come in and like I said, the, the material can elevate you or you can elevate the material, too. To I think extent. it's both. I think it's it fair is, to say like both. You give that Jeff Galuli role to another actor and you don't get the same movie. And I'm not saying that just to be complimentary. Like, yeah, I, that's everybody really does true. it differently. Yeah. yeah. No, and I appreciate that. I always think the biggest thing I ever learned, and I feel like everybody should, whether they're writers, directors, actors, whatever, it's like we should all learn script analysis. You know, that's, that's one thing that really helped me out is just breaking down a script and learning moments. And I feel like the class I took with you, which I, I found to be very helpful, was because we broke everything down and... You know, that's going to help you no matter what you what you decide to do. Um, I, I just think, sure, like in my head, it'd be nice one day to branch into the other aspects of filmmaking because you find out you have more to say or, you know, you want to try. You should do it. Everybody should. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you probably tell certain writers take acting classes. I, I, I actually do. I, I think I think do you say that I think you have to. I think as an actor, you're served by learning about writing. Because I think they're the same job. I just think they're the opposite side of the page. The actor takes the words and finds the want underneath and finds the emotional need underneath and finds those like little moments that are going to tell that story. The writer is doing the same job from the other side of the page. They're, they're improvising with these characters and they're seeing those little moments. And Yeah, I think the thing I learned a lot from my experience with you is that in terms of writing inspiration can come from any number of things like I used to be very close-minded in this mindset that you have to have this major idea or like this is what I'm gonna say and then and then you know this is the movie is about this but it could also just come from like an interaction you have buying food or some random thing that happens to you or even from like sitting around, like I think that's the biggest thing is just sitting down and doing it as a way to get those two pages, even if they're shit. Even if when you don't have anything like jumping or talking at you to, to put down on paper, like maybe there's one thing in there that's going to be great, you know, as long as you're just staying open, I guess. Yeah, being an artist is really about being open. Yeah, and, and I'd say, you know, I find being humble and open uh, usually works pretty much when approaching everything except you know be aggressive about 
taking action and getting it and showing up to the desk that day or to set that day or, you know, like be aggressive about that, you know, showing up. But I think the aggressive part really is linked to the, to being passionate about something. I mean, I think with, with acting, it's like, you know, if you recognize that it's a script you can't stop thinking about, like go push yourself to find out what that is and why that is. Like, why are you having that reaction? That's what I mean about taking action is instead of like trying to put it out of my mind, like maybe I should go on a tangent and let myself think about what's going to, what would happen if I had bumped into that person and we started talking. If anything sits on your mind, good or bad, like maybe that's a good trigger for being aggressive like and being and aggressively open yeah like like yeah. and then being creative with it you know that's the thing like maybe you've spent the whole day like really being miserable at your job and you're and all you want to do is just scream at somebody but you can't because you're a human being and we treat each other like human beings but then when you go home you can scream on the page i don't know as opposed to oh, i'm not going to deal with it or it's not what it's, that's not because i'm writing a romantic comedy so i can't write about anger and that you know like who knows like go against the thing yeah. that's in your head i've always felt like that dialogue between acting and writing is so important um but i haven't actually done a lot of interviews with actors so i'm i'm so grateful for you coming especially since you play in both yeah fields. well like, i mean i always and i appreciate you having me on I, I yeah i feel like you know i i can't imagine like just having other people say out loud what you've written is probably important yeah yes <laughs> and then you know what you hope for is like okay i hope they can do what i wrote and then every once in a while you get somebody, and I really can say that, somebody like you who can actually do more than you wrote. It's funny because you say that, but even in rehearsing a scene as an actor, one of the greatest things that ends up happening that you get out of it is like, go ahead and do the one thing that you really know in your mind that you shouldn't do. You know, like, I'm going to yell the whole scene because that's going to be overdramatic. You know, like you just said, writing that scene down and you're like, oh, this is shit or whatever, or oh, this is some weird voice or, but maybe go through with it anyway so that you get it out of the way and you can get closer to what you really need to say. Yeah, I always feel like the monster is more scary when it's in the closet. Right. And yeah. and sometimes that monster in the closet that's haunting you is like actually that one thing you need to know or like the thing that's that everyone's going to remember. Whatever that thing is, like when you start to run towards and wrestle with those emotions. Well, I always think all those things are great starting points. That's what you got to look at it. It's like, it's just a starting point to something. Yeah. And I guess that's really the thing, right? It's like, you gotta, if you want the life you want, you got to get started today. If you want to create the thing you want to create, you've got to start. Yeah. I mean, you got to start. And I think in your class a while back, you were always very eloquent in the way you were saying it. That writing really is self-exploration, facing certain things that you may not be dealing with in every day and you know recognizing those things and giving them a voice and that's what's beautiful about it is that you can have that outlet if you allow yourself i guess well thank you thank so you, much for being a part of this i'm really <laughs> grateful yeah absolutely i hope that you enjoyed this podcast again we make this podcast available totally free and with no outside advertising so if it was helpful for you please help us reach our goal of 10,000 listeners by subscribing to us on iTunes and writing us a review it really does make a big difference in keeping this podcast free for everyone you can find a link to do so at writeyourscreenplay.com slash podcast for a complete transcript of this podcast or to learn more about studying with me or my faculty in New York City, live online, on one of our international retreats, or as part of our one-on-one -on -one ProTrack mentorship program, you can learn more on our website, writeyourscreenplay.com. <laughs>